Welcome to your weekly episode of Feed, Slay, Love. I'm your host, Catherine, and I'm so happy that you're here. Feed, Slay, Love is a podcast for busy moms who are everything for everyone. So if that's you and you ever wondered whether there's more to life, then you're in the right place. Let's dig right in. All right. On this episode, we will be exploring the power of emotional vocabulary and its impact on our relationships. So let's start. As busy working moms, we often find ourselves juggling so many responsibilities and emotions throughout the day, right? So while we might experience this range of feelings, Our vocabulary then to describe these emotions can sometimes be really limited to just a few keywords like fear or sadness or happiness or anger or exhaustion or anxiety. But what if I told you that by really expanding on and increasing depth of this type of vocabulary, improving our emotional vocabulary, we could significantly enhance our well-being and our connections with others. Our emotional vocabulary is like a palette of colors that allows us to paint a more detailed picture of our internal experiences. So imagine a picture with just the core colors like a blue, green, you know, red, yellow, or Instead, having a picture with nuances, with different shades, like a light green, a dark green, a mix of a white and a green and a blue, like, you know, you get the picture, right? Am I painting the picture correctly? Pun intended. <laughs> By being able to accurately identify and express our emotions, we do gain that little bit deeper understanding of ourselves as well and those around us understand us better and are able to respond to us better and connect with us better. So why is it so important to have this rich emotional vocabulary? Let, it, let me sum it up for you in three key points that I find are the key to want to increase your vocabulary, your emotional vocabulary. Number one, you increase your self-awareness. So if you have a broader emotional vocabulary, then you are able to pinpoint and understand your feelings more precisely as well. It allows you to recognize those subtle nuances of emotions we experience. And that can be really empowering for yourself to be able to say, you know, instead of saying, oh, that upset me, being able to say, the tone of their voice really hurt me, you know, like instead of just generalizing something as an upset to actually dig a bit deeper and say that hurt me, you know. So I think that's that's a crucial point. If you are able to understand, to express yourself more detailed and more precisely, then you are able to understand yourself better as well. Right. And that's empowering. Self-understanding, self-awareness, super empowering. The second point why you should and what you would benefit why you would benefit of a richer emotional vocabulary is 
an improvement in communication with others. So when we are able to articulate our emotions more accurately, we open the doors to better communication with others as well. So that helps our friends, our loved ones, our colleagues, you know, our neighbors, whoever we speak to, to understand us on a deeper level. And that leads to stronger connections and more meaningful conversations. So instead of, for example, with your partner in a discussion saying like, you upset me, you know, sticking with the example of upset, if you instead say, that really hurt me, then yes, you're still upset, but you're upset because you were hurt. And being hurt is a more detailed understand, a more detailed word to describe how you feel. And it's not accusatory, but it's actually opening up and, and being vulnerable towards your partner. So that connects you more deeply rather than pushing him away with an accusation of you upset me. You say, I'm hurt, you know, and and I think we use that way too rarely and there is some bravery in that as well if we are more precise with our communication then we you know we have to take that step of being brave as well to be vulnerable in the positive and the negative emotions right and the third point why you would benefit from a more rich emotional vocabulary is your emotional regulation so when you are able to identify and describe your emotions, you can also then regulate them better. So in other words, when you can name what you're feeling, when you can really name it, rather than I'm just upset, saying I'm really hurt by this, then it becomes easier to manage that emotion constructively. So you can actually deal with it rather than brushing it off as, uh, you know, anger, sadness, happiness, kind of like these top line type of emotions. If you dig deeper, then you can actually manage it and regulate how you feel and how you can react to it and how you can make it better, how you can um, improve upon your situation more constructively because you're actually able to pinpoint what you're feeling so you can deal with it rather than a generalized approach to a generalized emotion so all right how can we now actually work on expanding our emotional vocabulary it's not so easy because in our day-to-day -day language each of us have those descriptions of feelings and emotions that we feel comfortable with and that we use on a regular basis and sometimes it's not even just things that we're comfortable with, but it's patterns and how we see ourselves. You know, if you are constantly stressed, then exhaustion or stressed or overwhelmed will maybe, you know, be quite dominant parts of your vocabulary if someone asks you how you are or if you describe your day to someone. And if you are generally a very positive optimist, then maybe you just say, oh, I'm so happy or, you know, everything is great because you don't really dig into your emotions maybe as well. So it's really important to learn a list or, you know, additional words to describe your emotions that really... Um, kind of resonate with you and they resonate with how you actually feel. 
So here are three ways. Again, we're sticking with the threes here. I am, you know, it's my favorite number. So there are three ways that I can recommend where you practically can dig in and get started to expand your emotional vocabulary, where you can get inspiration. Number one is journaling. I always feel like if you reflect on yourself and if you reflect on your day and on your experiences, then you can, you know, instead of just scratching the surface, like how was my day today? What made me happy? What made me sad kind of thing? If you, if you go a bit deeper, like why, what specifically made me happy? What specifically made me sad? How did it make me feel? Did it make me feel disappointed? Did it make me feel grateful? Like, you know, digging a little bit deeper, trying to come up with own words. I mean, we all know these words. They're not like foreign words, but it's just words we don't generally use because they may be more specific. But if you push yourself in your journaling practice to write down how you feel and explore those different words, that more accurately describe your feelings, then you get into the swing of like being able to use those words more regularly rather than the generalized top level words. You know, go a step deeper or two steps deeper into how you actually feel more accurately. All right, the second point where you can get inspired about more emotional language is reading emotional literature. So, <laughs> I know, I mean, move away from those corporate books, eh? go into the emotional, romantic literature. Um, it doesn't have to be that, but it can be biographies or anything like that as well. If you read books or articles that really delve into emotional experiences and perspectives of others, that can introduce you to new emotions too and provide insight into how others might express their feelings, and maybe some of those expressions and emotions resonate with you. So you could, you know, figure out like, oh yeah, that actually describes how I feel pretty accurately. I will use that word more, you know, and and kind of get into, into that. And, you know, you don't have to read all the romantic books in the world. Um, I'm sure there are Netflix movies that are romantic or that cover, you know, that as well. Um, it's just about getting that inspiration. If someone is going through something similar and you maybe read an article or something like that, just um, picking up on those words and adding them into your personal vocabulary. I think that's really powerful. The third point is um, how to get more emotional language into your vocabulary would be to seek feedback. So speaking with family or friends about emotions and then engage in really open and honest conversations with them can help you get insights into maybe how they would describe their feelings in certain situations. And then you can learn from each other's insights. So for example, if you have, a, um, have had this, I don't know, fun date or something, I mean, you know, who has fun dates anyway, but you know, just as an example, um, and you tell them about it and you would say like, you know, how, how would you describe it rather than just fun or, you know, interesting or, you know, what could be other words? Just ask that question openly and, and just test each other's vocabulary around it. 
um, or ask them to describe back a situation that you just told them about, describe it back to them or ask them how they think you come across. Am I coming across angry or rude or upset? And then they maybe say, you know, with a lot of love, people often try to be more specific um, and they would say, no, you don't come across angry. You come across like you're dealing with a lot, like you're exhausted and that you are hurt and vulnerable in this moment, you know. So people who love us, they tend to be able to pinpoint how they see us or how they would see our reactions and our emotions. They, they can do that quite good, you know, and, and maybe that's there are some words that really resonate with you that you can use going forward in your vocabulary. All right, and to help you get started, I have a list, um, I've put together a list of a few emotions that really can expand your emotional vocabulary. I will add it to my blog post. Um, I always have a correlating blog post to every podcast episode. Um, so you can check it out on katherinenuss.com slash blog. Um, and, you know, go through those words, add to them, like whatever you want to do. And just to give you a little sneak peek, here are a few of those um, positive and negative kind of emotion descriptions. So positive ones would be, I feel content, I feel grateful, I feel empowered, I feel inspired, I feel fulfilled, curious, hopeful, serene, energized, peaceful, nurtured, confident, accepting, reflective, encouraged. So those would be variations of feeling good or great or, you know, happy or all right um, to just describe a little bit more deeply how you feel. And um, a few negative ones that you can use instead of I feel sad or angry or bad or not so great. Um, you could use anxious, vulnerable or overwhelmed, frustrated, distracted. So those are maybe some um, emotions or descriptions that feel less attacking. They feel very personal, right? If you say to someone, if they say, oh, you, you know, you don't look happy right now, what's wrong? And you say, yeah, I just, you know, I feel so distracted today. I can't get myself to, uh, to do the work, you know, instead of being like, oh, I'm just so annoyed with myself. You know, but if you then say, I feel so distracted today, then it's actually really actionable and constructive um, where you can then say, okay, why do I feel so distracted? I feel distracted because it's so noisy here or because of the lights or, of, you know, some, or like something that happened that still is swirling in my mind. So you can actually connect with the person who's asking you and they can connect back by asking you back rather than, you know, you saying, oh, I feel so annoyed today. And they will be like, oh, my God, I'm not going to ask her any more questions because she's going to bite my head off in a second. So, you know, that's the kind of gist of what I want to bring across here. If you are actually clearer about how you feel and if you can communicate it more clearly, then you can act on it better and you can solve it or at least share it better. And, you know whether you can solve it or not um, you can connect with people about it and they can be like oh yeah like when i work here i get so distracted as well 
the you know it's the lights in this place i think can i recommend you a place where you can work a lot better you know boom there you go instead of having cut off the um situation or the conversation with the person who was meaning well asking you how you are because you look upset um you actually you know found someone who can help you solve it so you know just an example out of the air but like that's kind of what i mean with it all right so by cultivating this more varied emotional vocabulary like we talked about we really do empower ourselves we don't leave it to others we don't leave it to destiny you know we empower ourselves to navigate our emotions with more clarity and with more understanding because what we speak you know will be what we become the ripple effects of this practice extends to all of our relationships it fosters deeper connections and it enriches our lives you know as busy moms remember emotional growth is a journey and every step we take to expand this emotional vocabulary brings us a step closer to that little bit more fulfilling and authentic life and i hope you found these insights really valuable and will embark on a path of emotional exploration now until next time stay true to yourself and embrace the beauty of emotions. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe, rate and share the Feeds Day Love podcast with other fabulous working moms like you. Join us next time for more tips, tricks and empowering discussions. Stay slaying! And always remember, this podcast is for the purpose of entertainment and education only, and it's not a replacement for therapy. <laughs>